Hi, this is Pastor Dewey Thomas, the lead pastor here at Relevant Kingdom Center. And we want to thank you for listening to this MP3 message. And we hope and pray that it's a blessing to your life. Our goal at this church is to communicate the Word of God in a creative and relevant way to make disciples, develop leaders, and change lives. And so we hope that indeed this message is a blessing and it uplifts you, it encourages you, it inspires you, and transforms you. If you want more information about our church, please visit, visit us online at relevantkingdomcenter.com or call us at 225-6143 or 336-4207. And for you who are in the U.S., you can dial us at 941-234-4461. May God bless you and enjoy this message. Amen. First of all, let me give God honor and praise for the privilege it is to be saved. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just glad to be saved. Glad to be forgiven of my sins. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus, forgiven and made brand new, and I'm glad about it. Amen. And I thank him that not only did he save me, but he was merciful enough to call me and give me the privilege and opportunity to preach his gospel and I'm telling you I'm absolutely honored to be able to share the most important news the most important word anybody will ever hear at any point in time anywhere in history uh, it is the word of God the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ amen I want to thank and shout out to one of my favorite leaders on the planet and I mean that with all of my heart to see what God has done everywhere I've ever been with Pastor Dury, God's hand is on his life. Absolutely everywhere. When we were in Bible college, the hand of God was on his life. Pastor Dury had so much favor, he never had to pay for groceries. Everybody else would be hungry, eating ramen noodles, and he'd come down feasting, sitting down here in the kitchen with all these hungry Bible college students. But the hand of God was on his life there, favored him. Uh, he was one of the rds there and a great leader and i thank god for that and then when i was able to go over to freeport when he was there god's hand was all over him all over the island god was using him to preach the gospel thousands of young people and all people gathered together to see what god was doing through his life and then i had the opportunity to bring him to columbus mississippi and he came there and just preached like the church didn't have a pastor and they are still talking about Pastor Dury. And uh, they're there having church today. And if they, all of them knew that I was coming to see Pastor Dury, the church would be empty today because everybody would be here. Uh, but they still are talking about the great work that he's doing. And then when I landed in Exuma. And, and I, I got to the, to the little check-in point And the lady says, you're here for Relevant Kingdom. I'm like, yeah. Uh, and just to see the favor of God and what God has done in RKC in one year. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I mean, just an incredible thing that God is doing here. What a visionary. What a leader. I told him one day when, you know, when, one day when I get big, I'm going to produce movies. 
everybody doesn't get to produce movies you know some people just preach because that's all they know how to do but but some people are so anointed and his awesome amazing and anointed wife Shari we honor you awesome woman of God awesome woman of God God is doing great things through her life Stellan Pastor Dury, she has always had such a sweet spirit, such an honorable woman of God. And I will say to you, RKC, that you have phenomenal leaders here. If I was living on this island, I would be at this church. They would be my leaders, and I would do whatever they asked me to do. So will you just help me? Will you stand and celebrate these great leaders? Come on, make some noise for them. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Phenomenal, phenomenal leaders. We celebrate them. To all of the pastors and leaders and representatives, to each of you, I give you honor today. Uh, we thank you for, as Pastor Dury said, you taking the time on your Sunday mornings to come and be here. What an what a awesome statement that is. And so we're grateful that you're here. Thank you to everybody who has helped uh, and assist this ministry get to where it is. What happens at RKC matters to me. Amen. This church matters to me, matters a lot to me. And so I'm excited to be here. Uh, my wife and my two boys send you greetings from Columbus, Mississippi. Are y'all ready for the word? Yes. I said, are you ready for the word? Yes. Are you really ready for the word? Yes. All right, let's go to Isaiah 60. To all the protocol and those I don't know to call everyone's everyone's. Amen. I walked in here Friday night and the praise team was rehearsing. I said, this is good. I walk in the door. The brother says, you look like Pastor Dury. Is he your brother? I said, yeah. Separated at birth. Reunited in Bible college. Amen. I want you to pray with me today because there's a word from the Lord. I believe that God has given me a word for your lives, for this church, and for this entire island. I believe God wants to speak. Are you ready to hear from the Lord today? Isaiah chapter 60, we'll begin reading at verse number 1. Glory to God. And I'm going to read from the New King James Version of Scripture. So it may be slightly different. New King James Version, but whatever version you have is all right. The Bible says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Amen. Just for, for a few moments today, I want to talk from the subject, it's time to rise. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I have an announcement to make to you today. And the announcement is, it's time to rise. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter number three that to everything there is a season. 
and a time to every purpose under the heavens. Uh, the reality is that God does everything and knows everything and nothing catches him off guard. God lives and operates outside of time. He is the creator of time. He is the one who instituted time. Uh, God lives in what we call eternity. Uh, God is not alpha and omega, the beginning and the ending. God is alpha and omega, the beginning and the ending because God has no beginning and God has no ending. Time, which is the word we get, chronos, has hours and days and minutes and seconds and months and years. And God operates in eternity but he sets within time uh, which we operate on a time in which he's going to do what he planned to do from before the foundations of the world I love this statement that God's original intention will always be his final decision that whatever God intended to do from the beginning of time he is going to do that no matter what tries to interrupt it no matter what tries to defeat it and no matter what tries to destroy it God is so determined to get his will done that he makes preparations before the problem ever arises to meet the need and the challenge that's going to come. For example, God understands the potential and the proclivity of man to sin. He understands I'm going to make man in my image and my likeness. He says, however, there's going to be a serpent that comes in and deceives them and they're going to sin. And because I know the problem, I'm not going to wait to react to when they sin. I'm going to plan and make provision for it before they ever sin. And he says, I will slay a lamb before the foundations of the world, but in the fullness of time, I'll send that lamb and he'll die in time, though I planned it in eternity. See, the reality is whatever God, hallelujah, has in his mind for your life, all of hell can array itself against you, but it will not stop the plan of God. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was getting ready to be born, Herod sent out a decree, kill all of the male children, but every plot of the enemy was unsuccessful because when God has decided he's going to do a thing, nothing in heaven and earth can block it. Somebody shout, God has a plan for my life. See, somebody ought to understand this, that God operates according to what we call foreknowledge, which means God knows beforehand. And sometimes we look at our issues and, thinks our, and think our issues are going to stop God from doing what he promised he would do in my life. But God knew my issues before he ever made me and still chose me in spite of my issues. And so God knows how to take my issues, put his grace on it, and transform my life so he can do the thing he said he was going to do in my life can I preach to somebody that's got a word over your life that God told you what he was going to do but you've had some bumps in the road you've had some times where you slipped up and fell can I tell you his grace is already sufficient that God has already made provision to get you to where you're getting ready to go and I came to announce to a people I don't care what gets in your way what God has planned for this house it shall come to pass somebody shout it's coming to pass Push your neighbor, say it's coming to pass. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Bible declares uh, in the end, in the book of Revelation, chapter 21 and 22, it declares that every nation of the earth and the kings of all of the nations of the earth are going to bring their worship and their honor to God when he brings New Jerusalem down over in the east. And so he says every nation is going to worship him. Every tribe, kindred, and tongue is going to worship him. God's original intention will always be his final decision. And so in order for that to happen, you've got nations right now that are not honoring him or recognizing his leadership. And so what God is going to do is he's going to strategically put people in various nations and particular places to make sure that the necessary shift and change happens to get those nations to the point where they're going to worship God. And I believe that what God has done is he has strategically put this man and this woman of God here on this island and raised up relevant kingdom center for such a time as this to begin the process of bringing about a shift in Exuma. Ah, glory to God. Can I tell you that there's, there's a transition happening. There's a revolution that's occurring right now. And you're part of a much bigger story than you realize. God's using you to shift things in a nation God is using you to begin to turn things around somebody shout it's time to rise and so you've got to understand the times watch this when you understand the times it changes how you have to live okay when you understand the time the reality is you know uh, you know now y'all got y'all have beautiful weather almost all the time it's not even fair you know, but where I am, it gets a little inclement sometimes, and, and the weather patterns we don't necessarily like sometimes. And, and where I'm from in the wintertime, when it's snowing or when it's cold, you don't wear flip-flops, right? Because it doesn't match what time it is, right? When you understand the time, it determines how you live. The Apostle Paul in Romans 13, 11 says, and knowing the time, you've got to know that it's high time to awake out of sleep. You see, we've got to understand that we're living in a serious time and that God in this time, glory to God, is stirring you up and waking you up and getting you on your feet. Because I don't care how long things have been the way they've been. It's time for a change in your life. Somebody shout, it's time for a change. You see, glory to God. See, when your time comes, nothing can stop it. When your time comes, you could have been there by the pool for 38 years. But when your time comes, you're about to get up and walk. You could have been bleeding for 12 years. But when your time comes, your issue's about to be healed. You could have been bent over in the temple for 18 years. But when your time comes, you're about to straighten out. You could have been lame from your mother's womb and laying there at the gate beautiful for over 40 years. But when your time comes, you're about to get up. Tell your neighbor. I'm starting to feel like it's my time I'm starting to feel like my days of depression are coming to an end I'm starting to feel like my days of being at the bottom are coming to an end I'm starting to feel like my poverty is ending I'm starting to feel like uh, my stress is ending I'm starting to feel like my sickness is about to leave I'm starting to feel like it's my time Somebody shout it's time yeah. It's time for something to change in my life. It's time for my mind to change. It's time for my attitude to change. It's time for my thinking to change. It's time for my worship to change. It's time for a change. You ought to announce to Exuma, it's time for a change. 
Glory to God. And so we understand the times. It alters how we live our lives. Now, particular passage. Here's what we're going to try to do. We're going to, we parked in these three verses. We're going to actually cover in the next 30 minutes, three chapters. You ready? Yeah. All right. I want to give you the context. Number one, the context of this particular prophetic passage written by the prophet Isaiah is one of those prophecies that has uh, multiple fulfillments to it. Okay, so one uh, commentary or theologian believes that this is applied to the time when Jesus raises up the church and the Gentiles come in in Isaiah 60. Okay, but then another one seems to believe that this prophecy is about the millennial reign of Jesus when all of the rest of the Gentiles are going to come into the kingdom. But today, hallelujah, God is speaking to a people that are getting ready to rise because it's your time. Somebody shout, it's my time. So I have seven major statements that the Lord told me to tell you today. Are you ready to get them? Number one, the Lord told me to tell you the time is now. Somebody say the time is now. Watch what he says in Isaiah 60 and verse 1. He says, arise and shine. Everybody say arise. Everybody say get up. Now, to arise implies a shifting in your posture. Yeah, yeah. Glory to God. It implies a shifting in your posture, both internally and externally. Okay. To arise, the Amplified says, arise from the prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Let me say that again. He, said, he says, arise. I know your circumstances have told you you would only do this much. I know circumstances have told you that this kind of church doesn't happen. I know circumstances have told you that you would always be defeated. He says, but this word that God is giving to you today is arise from the prostration in which your circumstances have kept you. See, watch this. Your circumstances have kept you depressed. Your circumstances have kept you defeated. But when the word of God comes into your circumstance, you rise from the prostration that circumstances have kept you in because the word does not ask permission of your circumstance to determine your future. Your circumstance has to change to match the future revealed through the word. Are you in the house with me? You see, God does not look at your circumstance and determine what he wants to do in your life. He looks at what's in his mind and then speaks to you in your circumstance and says, I don't care what your circumstance is. It's just going to have to let you go because what I have for you is greater than where you are. You see, God never talks to you like you think about you. See, glory to God. God shows up to Gideon when he's hiding out in the wine press. He's in the wine press because he's scared. But when God shows up to talk to him, he doesn't talk to the little scared person. He talks to the mighty man of valor. He says, you mighty man of valor. Why? Because God knows if I can get your word, get a word to you, I can lift you up out of how you feel and enter you into a higher place. See, I came to tell somebody that what you've been hearing across this pulpit is not some make-believe story intended to hype you up. It is the word of God intended to lift you up. God 
wants to use the word to get you out of where you are and into who you could be. You see, God talks to us like leaders. He talks to us because he knows our position. All we know is our condition. So God's talking to us according to our position and we're listening according to our condition. Because our position now that we're saved is we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. My condition may be debt. My condition may be struggle. My condition may be issues, but my position is power. See, 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 my condition is borrower, but my position is lender. My, my condition is tail, but my position is head. My, my, my condition is beneath, but my position is above. And God told me to tell you, come up to your position because I've called you for such a time as this. Woo! I'm telling you, something begins to occur in your life the moment you realize what your real position is. You can live in Pharaoh's palace all of your life, but the day you realize that you're a Hebrew called to deliver your people out of bondage, everything about you changes. I dare somebody to drop the garment that everybody else has put on you and say, I'm getting ready to blow my cover. I've been undercover all these years. You thought you knew me, but you didn't know the real me because I just found out who I was, and I'm getting ready to rise up and become who God has called me to be are there any kings and priests in this room are there any rulers in this room are there any kings in this house somebody shout it's my position he says I want to shift your posture both internally and externally something something in you has to change in you let me tell you something if you take a person out of one environment but don't change who they are and put them in another environment. Whatever was going on there, it's only a matter of time before it shows up here because their environment wasn't, they were not a product of their environment as much as their environment was a product of who they were. You take a person who's dirty, who doesn't clean up, and you take them out of a dirty house and put them in a brand new house. And the dirt that was in the other house, it's only a matter of time before it shows up in. Because the problem was not the house. The problem was. And so as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You see, God learned with Israel that if I bring you out of Egypt, but don't get Egypt out of you, you will end up in another slavery worse than the one you were in before. So when Jesus comes with the kingdom, he's not just trying to get people externally out of stuff. He's trying to get stuff internally out of them. There's got to be an internal arising. Somebody shout, you've got to arise. Now, this arising is spiritual. Number one, it's coming out of spiritual death. Spiritual death is separation from God. Okay, he's saying glory to God. That there are people here that are far away from God. That he's getting ready to cause them to rise because his light is shining. Glory to God. But then also to arise spiritually is to come out of spiritual slumber. That means 
You're saved, but you're asleep. That, that's when you go to church, but church doesn't go anywhere with you. That, that's when you hear the word, but it has no connection from the building and your life. Okay. He says, but what I'm calling you to do, glory to God, is I'm calling some believers right here at Relevant Kingdom to rise up spiritually. What we need is some spiritually alert people who are sensitive to what God's trying to do. See, I understand there's a movement happening through this great church. But what you've got to know is God is doing something so big, so great and so vast that you want to have your ears open to hear what God is saying and your eyes open to see what he's doing. Somebody shout, you've got to arise. Somebody say the time is now. It is to arise physically, to rise up operationally. I love it. Have you noticed that your pastor doesn't treat ministry lightly? I'm going to tell you, he is doing things here that people are not doing in the United States. In large, large churches. Because when you have a real vision, glory to God, you don't wait till you get to a place called there. When you're excellent, you're excellent at whatever level God places you. See, 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 glory to God. See, there's some people, they wait and they say, when God gets me there, I'm going to be faithful. Let me tell you something. You're going to miss the boat if you wait till then. You, you got to learn to be faithful over little. Why? Because God will test you with a little before he trusts you with a lot. You see, there's some people that say, when I become a millionaire, I'm going to give so much money to the church. You know what? If you don't give any money right now while you have a little, you're definitely going to have a hard time writing some real big checks. When those zeros start adding up, if you, if, if you couldn't give when you were a hundred there, you're definitely not going to give when you're a me. Because when you're faithful over little, God will then give you much more. Somebody shout, the time is now. So he says, arise. Somebody say, rise. Somebody say, shift. Somebody say, you got to shift your posture. Let me tell you something. You can't walk around like you're defeated. You got to walk around like you're victorious. You can't walk around like life is on you. You got to walk around like life is in you. You got to begin to declare. See, see, when you shift your posture, let me tell you, something begins to happen. You go from looking at what your circumstance can do for you to what you can do for your circumstance. See, some of you, the major shift that's got to happen is you're walking around waiting on people to bless you. But God's about to shift you until you start walking around looking for somebody to bless oh God something happens when a church walks into a city and says we're not waiting on you to bless us we've shown up to bless you we're, we're here to serve you we're here to bless you because God has already taken care of us he shall supply all of our needs according to its riches and glory we are here to be a blessing somebody shout yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so watch this Arise. Then he says, shine. Everybody say shine. shine. Now, to shine means the light is already there. You just got to release it. Shine. Be radiant. It means release and reflect what's in you. Let, glory to God, stop trying to hide the glory he's put in your life. 
See, sometimes you'll hold back on what the Lord has put in your life because of people who get nervous about you. What I've learned is you can't afford to hold back. You've got to shine because there's somebody that's been waiting on the light that God has put in you. Why does he say shine? He says, for your light has come. Everybody say your light has come. He says, why? And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Now, God's glory is not a light thing. Everybody say God's glory is not a light thing. So when God says his glory is coming, we know in the Hebrews, they knew it as the Shekinah glory of God. The Shekinah glory was God's manifest presence that would show up on the mercy seat where God would meet with his people and talk to them. All right. We also understand that when God's glory would show up, oftentimes there would be a cloud. Right. But the cloud was really not the glory. The cloud was the manifestation or picture that the glory was there. The glory of God is the weight and the splendor of who he is. When God's glory, his true nature, is released upon a people, it causes respect and reverence for who he is. When God says, I'm, glory to God. When God says he's causing his glory to be on you, let me tell you what happens. The glory of God fell in Exodus. or The glory of God came on Moses in Exodus. And when Moses came out of the mountain and the glory was on his face, people could not even look at him because of how bright the glory was. Okay? Because they reverence. When the glory of God came in Exodus 40, the glory of God came, people began to fall on the ground worshiping God because of the weight of his presence. The glory of God came in 2 Chronicles 5 and 14, and the priests could not even stand to minister because of the weight of God's glory that was on them. The glory of God came in 2 Chronicles 7 and 1, and the fire of God fell, and people were laid out, laid out on the pavement because of the glory. And so God says, I'm putting my glory on you, which is about to cause people to respect God again. What that means is people are not going to be able to do any and everything around you, not because you're around there trying to be the spiritual police, but because of his presence that's going to be on your life it is an announcement that something has to change when the glory of God shows up it never shows up without his government meaning that if you want to walk in the glory you got to walk in his government and the glory can only be carried by people who are walking in the ways of God somebody shout his glory is on us so he says the time is now because the glory of God is on you verse number two watch this the stage has been set somebody say the stage is set what does that mean? For darkness shall cover the earth, gross or deep darkness to people, but I will arise over you. In other words, when darkness is around, the stage is being set for God's performance. Pastor Dury and I were talking about backgrounds and stages and all of that stuff. And so one of the things that we found, you know, as we have a stage is they tell you, uh, to get the best results, you need a dark backdrop because the lights shine best against a dark canvas. You see, uh, in the temple of Moses, you had the outer court, the inner court, the holy of holies. In the outer court, the, the light came from the sun. In the inner court, the light came from the lampstands. But in the holy of holies, there were no windows. In the holy of holies, the light came from the glory of God. Because the glory is only revealed when there's darkness. In other words, glory to God. When you're really anointed, your finest hour is the time of trouble. 
I got, I got, I got to preach to somebody. See, see, somebody's trying to figure out, God, why did you put me in this neighborhood? Why did you put me on this job? Why did you put me in this place? It's because I needed you to be in darkness so that my glory would be seen the best. Because when I turn this thing around, God is going to get the glory for this thing. Somebody shout, the stage has been set. Why in the world, God, don't you show up when Lazarus is sick? Because this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. So I got to let it get darker so I can get the glory. So I'll let Lazarus die and let him lay there for four days until he's stinking. And then I'll show up and raise him so that my glory can be revealed. Somebody shout, this is our finest hour. Somebody shout, the time is now. Stage is set. Number two, God told me to tell you, the harvest is ready. Somebody say the harvest is ready. Watch what he says. Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Okay. Verse number four, he says, lift up your eyes all around you and see they all gather together. They come to you. Can I, can I tell you the truth? I'm with the man of God. If this happened in one year, what does God have in store for RKC? Watch this. When we let the light shine or the gospel or Christ shine, Gentiles, which means in this case, unsaved people, unchurched people, start coming. Because they wanted hope that they could get out. Because people who don't have light in them will banish you to your circumstance for the rest of your life. But when you have light in you, you can look the alcoholic in the face and tell him you're going to come out of this. Glory to God. See, I want to tell you, when we begin to shine, what happens is sinners come running and crying, what must I do to be saved? Somebody shout, the harvest is ready. You see, when you turn the light on, they're going to come running. Somebody shout, it's harvest time. Watch this. The second thing he says there, uh, when the harvest is ready, he says sons and daughters are getting ready to come. And that means people that are going to be raised up and nursed up. Not just people that are going to join the church. People that are going to be sons and daughters that can be trained, that can be corrected, that can be disciplined. God's getting ready to bring them to the house. I want to talk to you. And I'm going to tell you, it's one thing to be a student. And that's what we ought to be. But it's another thing to be a son and a daughter who's a student. Because you begin to say, I'm here for what God has for me as an inheritance. And if I need to be corrected, correct me. And if I need to be grown up, then grow me up. But develop me so that I can become what God has ordained for me to be. Somebody shout, the harvest is ready. God is getting ready to send sons and daughters to this house. Somebody shout, sons and daughters. Somebody shout, I'm a son. Somebody shout, I'm a daughter. And I'm about to be raised up. Number three, the Lord told me to tell you the kings are coming. Somebody say, kings are coming. He says, kings come to the brightness of your rising. Kings are people who are leaders in what they do. Kings are people who are the best at what they do. Kings are people, see, a king and a servant will look at a situation totally different. A king looks at a problem and says, I'm responsible. I'm going to do something about it. He says, listen, I'm about to cause kings. Kings are attracted to what's rising. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. God, hallelujah, is causing you to rise, which is going to attract people that are going to bring influence and impact for the kingdom. God, hallelujah, wants to raise up some folk even in this house who think like kings. Somebody shout, I can't help but I just think like a king. Come on, push your neighbors. I can't help but I just think like a king. Push your neighbors. I can't help but I just think different. I, I just don't think defeat. I think victory. That's just the way God wired me. Somebody shout, the kings are coming. Now, the Bible says, verse number five. That the force of the nation shall come to you or the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. When it says the forces of the Gentiles, it means the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Somebody say wealth transfer. I had to preach this the other night at the church and I was real nervous about it because, you know, people and money preachers. I just. <laughs> but no, there are times when you just got to say what God told you to say. Let me tell you what wealth transfer is. I want you to hear this. Wealth transfer is the supernatural redistribution of God's resources into the hands of the righteous that will use it to accomplish his purpose. It's the supernatural redistribution of God's resources into the hands of the righteous who will use it to accomplish his purpose. Glory to God. I want to tell you wealth transfer is coming to this church. Not only that, as I began to pray, God began to talk to me about Exuma. And God began to speak to me. And he says, son, I'm about to cause there to be an economic resurgence. And what is going to begin to happen, I even want to declare this to this house, is that there are about to be multiple entrepreneurs raised up in this house. And I'm not just talking about you're going to do a business. You're going to have international impact in those businesses. I want you to get yourself ready because there are some of you in this house. You've been saying, Lord, I know you've called me for such a time as this, but where are the resources to do what you call me to do? And God says, I'm about to bring them in this season. I'm bringing the multitude of camels to you glory to God I'm bringing the multitude of resources to you and the reason I'm getting ready to do it is because of the work of the kingdom that I'm about to bring to pass right here that man of God was not missing it when he said the nations are going to be coming and the world is going to be attracted to what God is doing right here I want you to get ready for more industry I want you to get ready hallelujah for more complexes to be raised up I want you to be ready to become landowners glory to God God is causing a transfer to begin to happen somebody shout yes Lord I want you to begin to prepare for investments you're going to be the investors get ready for seeds are getting ready to come God is about to teach you to profit and lead you by the way you should go somebody shout yes Lord if you believe it somebody shout the kings are coming say it again the kings are coming shouted the kings are coming said again the kings are coming and when the kings come not only are they bringing their souls but they're bringing their resources because they hear the word of the Lord and they want to hear the gospel get out even the more somebody shout yes if you believe it the kings are coming number four God says I'm releasing my glory on you verse number seven he says I will glorify the house of my glory he says, the place that lifts me up is the place I'm about to lift up. Glory to God. God is going to make this house so protective of his glory 
that it's going to be hard for you to do anything with a wrong motive. If you come in here with the wrong motive, you're going to be up here. Your words are not going to be able to come out right. You're, you're not going to even be able to think straight because this is going to be a house of his glory. Where, where everybody is dedicated to Lord, unto you be all the glory. Not unto us, but unto you. be all the, We're going to preach for his glory. We're going to sing for his glory. We're going to dance for his glory. We're going to act for his glory. Everything we do is going to be for the glory of God. And God says, for the people that will protect my glory, I'm going to glorify you. He says, as a matter in fact I'm going to give you favor and when it's time for you to expand and build and grow I'm going to cause people to bring you resources from all over the place I'm going to make sure you have the best to do what I've called you to do he said I'm going to upgrade you glory to the Lamb of God Isaiah chapter 60 and verse number 17 says instead of bronze I will bring gold instead of iron I will bring silver instead of wood bronze and instead of stones iron what is he saying I'm about to upgrade you whatever level you're on I'm about to take you to the next one Look at your neighbor say, I'm being upgraded, yeah? Yeah, God is taking me to another level. He's improving the quality of my life, the quality of my prayer life, the quality of my family life, the quality of my financial life. Somebody shout, he's upgrading me. Number five, God told me to tell you he will bring it to pass. Not by power, nor by might, but by the spirit of the Lord. Woo. Let me say it again. Not by power. Nor by might. But by my spirit. Says the Lord. Watch what he says. Verse number uh, tw 20. The sun shall no longer go down. Nor shall your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light. In other words. The times and seasons are not going to affect you. What's going on around you is not going to affect you. God says I'm going to be your light. Hallelujah. Verse 21. Your people shall all be righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. The branch of my planted, the work of my hands that I may be glorified. Watch this verse number 22. A little one shall become a thousand. And a small one, a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. God says, I'm going to take a little one. And I'm going to make them a thousand. I'm going to take a small one. Exuma. I'm going to make you a strong nation. And I the Lord. I'm going to bring all this together. At the right time. You, you ever been on a roller coaster? You may have been on a roller coaster. You notice how going up. It's so slow. And you hear the stuff ticking. And the anticipation is building. But then all of a sudden you get to the top. And woof. It's on and it's over before you know it. God said it may seem like the climb. It's taking you a while. But you're about to reach the top. And go on the ride of your life. And I'm going to hasten it in this time. Look at your neighbor and say the Lord's going to bring it to pass. Somebody shout it's not going to be your smarts. It's not going to be your intellect. God's getting ready to do it in your life. Somebody God's getting ready to turn your life around. And he's going to do it. It won't be you doing it by yourself. Somebody shout God's going to bring it to pass. Alright number six. I told you seven so that means we're almost done. Number six. I'm a, a whole chapter is dedicated to this point. God says, 
you are anointed for this assignment. Tell your neighbor, say, we're anointed for this. That means, the word anointed means smeared. Means he's taken the anointing of God, the spirit of God, and he's poured it out on us to do this. Some of you have been asking, what does a rising and shining look like? Here's what it looks like. You're going to preach good tidings to the poor. You're going to heal the brokenhearted. You're going to proclaim liberty to the captives. You're going to proclaim the opening of prison to those who are bound. You're about to proclaim the acceptable year of God's favor. You're about to proclaim the day of the vengeance of our God. You're about to comfort all who mourn. You're going to console those who mourn. There are some people who've been waiting and waiting and wanting God to move. He says, you're going to comfort them. You're going to give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. You're going to give the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And you're going to be called the trees of righteousness and the planting of the Lord. Here's what's powerful now. Sir, will you help me? Will you help me? Come on this way. You're going to be in the message today. So let's say this brother right here is brokenhearted, bound, or one of, one of those particular conditions. He says, I've anointed you to minister to him in that condition. Some people want to minister to folks when they're fixed. When, when, when you've already worked out all the problems and got it all together, then they want you packaged and delivered. But anointed people are assigned to people who have problems. Yeah. Glory to God. Y'all help me for a second. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you're anointed for this. Somebody ought to begin to pray because the anointing is on you to do this. To, hallelujah. To minister to people who are brokenhearted. To minister to people who are hurting and lost. Because anointed people do not need perfect environments for their anointing to function. They actually need a problem in order for their to, potential to be released. And so he says, I'm going to have you minister to them. But here's the deal. You're going to minister to them and bring them out. But not only are you going to bring them out because it's okay to be out. He said, but not only that, you're going to bring them to the other side and all the way in. And they're going to become trees of righteousness. They're not going to look anything like what they came out of. I'm going to plant them and raise them up. And then they're going to turn right back around and bring people out of the stuff they used to be in. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we are anointed for this. Tell them we're anointed for hurting people. If you got a problem, come on, bring the weak. They will be strong. And come on now, bring the sinner, they will be saved. Come on, bring the sick and afflicted, they will bring the hurting folk. This is a place to bring them because there's power in the house. Come on, lift up your voice and give God a praise. Thank you, sir. Glory to God. Will you give him praise like he brought you out and into something? Come on, somebody shout, we're anointed for this. Send us the people nobody wants. Send us the people nobody wants to deal with. Send us the folk that are hurting and broken. And God's going to do something to a bunch of outcasts that will bring glory to his name. Somebody shout, we're anointed for this. Watch this. Verse number four, you're going to rebuild old ruins. <laughs> Raise up former desolations. You're going to repair the ruined city. Somebody shout, we're anointed for this. He says, and you're going to be called the priest of the Lord. You're going to be called the servants of the Lord, and you will eat the riches of the Gentiles. I got to read this one. He says, watch this, Pastor. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. 
He says, and instead of confusion, you're going to rejoice in your portion. Therefore, in your land, you shall possess double. He said, for the shame and every negative thing that was ever spoken and or done to you, God says, I'm going to give you double honor for it. Watch this. Everybody say you're anointed. This is something. Look at verse number nine. Isaiah 61. Verse number nine. Verse number nine. I need five to ten more minutes and we're going to be out of your way. Watch this. Glory to the Lamb of God. I want you to hear this. Verse number nine. Their descendants shall be known. This is Isaiah 61 and nine. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles. 61 and nine. And their offspring among the people. You need to hear that. Your descendants or the people that get saved here are going to be known among the Gentiles. Here's what I asked God for with our church, Pastor Dury. I said, Lord, give us street credibility. I said, Lord, I want them to be talking about us at Rahab's house. See, you, you, we don't have time to worry about what they're saying down the street in somebody else's church. You ain't arguing about that. We ain't even worried about that. We want to know what the prostitutes are saying about us. Come on. What, 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 are, what, are, what are the sinners and the drug dealers? What are they saying? Uh, because Ray, even Rahab knew that the God they serve was real. God says, I'm going to cause the people raised up here to be known among the Gentiles. They're going to talk about you among the people. As a matter of fact, he said, it's going to be evident, watch this, that you are the posterity that the Lord has blessed. That you are the people that God has laid his hands on. Wherever you are, God's going to cause you, if you're a part of RKC, as a child of God, he's going to cause them to know that the hand of God is on your life. Somebody shout, we're anointed for this. Last thing, number seven. Everybody say number seven. Everybody say prayer, prayer. Will, produce will produce the promise. The promise. Everybody say prayer, prayer will produce the promise. Everybody say intercessory prayer, intercessory prayer. is our key, key to victory. victory. Okay, watch this. You have heard everything summed up from Isaiah 60 and Isaiah 61, right? Yeah. Aren't they powerful prophecies? Yeah. The time is now. The harvest is ready. Kings are coming. Isn't that awesome news? He said, but watch this. In Isaiah 62, Isaiah says, that's some good promises I got in those last two chapters. But in Isaiah 62, he says, now I'm about to pray until they come to pass. Promises should make you lazy. Promises should push you to the place of prayer. Watch what he says. He says in Isaiah 62 and 1. For, for Zion's or for RKC's sake. Or for Exuma's sake. I will not hold my peace. For my city's sake I will not rest. Until her righteousness goes forth as brightness. And her salvation as a lamp that burns. He says I'm going to pray until it starts happening. Glory to the Lamb of God. He says, I'm going to pray until the revival is released. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. He says, verse number six, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest until he establishes, until he makes this place a praise in the earth. Watch what he says. God says, I want you to begin to pray and I don't want you to stop praying until I make this island a praise in the earth. I was praying for you all on yesterday and the Lord began to show me all over this city pockets of prayer beginning to be raised up where people are gathering together to begin to pray and begin to call on the Lord and you're going to begin to pray until God makes this island a praise in the earth. That what he does here is going to be so significant that kings all over the world are going to take notice of what the Lord is doing right here. And your, hallelujah, when you pray, God's going to birth souls into the kingdom. When you pray, people are going to be delivered. As you pray, God's going to begin to rename this island. God's going to begin to pour out his spirit even in this church in greater measures as you commit yourselves to the place of prayer the lord began to show me as i was praying for you the lord began to show me times of prayer here at noonday in the afternoon where people would begin to come in here and stretch out and lay before the lord and begin to call out to god till he pours out his spirit in this place i want to declare to you prayer is going to be your key to victory god says i'm supernaturally doing this by my spirit i'm going to set watchmen on the walls and they're not going to stop crying out until I make this place a praise in the earth. Somebody shout, God is getting ready to raise us up. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time to rise. Tell somebody, eyes have not seen, neither hath ear heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men what God has prepared. Somebody ought to tell every neighborhood we're coming. Come on, you ought to tell every family member we're coming. You ought to shout it out, we're coming. That leaders are being raised up in this house that are going to begin to be used by God. They're going to be used by God to usher in what he desires to do here. Somebody shout, it's time to rise. Come on, somebody, somebody shout, it's time to rise. Somebody shout, the glory of the Lord is being revealed on us. It is time.